We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Tabernacle of Praise with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. In our next lesson, we're going to look at Gentile rule from God's perspective. Today we will look at God's plan and purposes in the respect to Gentile world domination. This is the last chapter of Daniel written in the Aramaic language. This points to the accuracy of God's word, even to the language used. There are two different scenes represented in chapter 7. One of them is terrestrial that occurs on earth, and the other is celestial occurring in heaven. There are two interpretations as well as there are two scenes. One of them is a general interpretation of what Daniel has viewed, and there's also a specific interpretation. Daniel did not understand everything that he saw in the vision, so he asked the angel for understanding for what they meant. We are more fortunate than Daniel because he asked the angel, We can go to God for wisdom and understanding, not in relationship just to this passage, but for any portion of Scripture. We can ask for him for wisdom liberally, and the Bible promises that he will not upbraid us not. When the angel gave Daniel the general interpretation, Daniel did not tell the angel he was displeased, but he did ask him for something more. In the outline of the chapter, the first eight verses describes the earthly scene. Verses 8 through 14 describes the heavenly scene. Verses 15 and 16 are requests that Daniel made for understanding. Verses 17 and 18 give us the general interpretation. Verses 19 through 27 represent the specific interpretation In verse 28, Daniel gives a summary. Daniel chapter 7, beginning at verse 1. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions upon his head, upon his bed. Then he wrote the dream and told the sum of the matters. Daniel spake and said, I saw in my vision by night, And behold, four winds of heaven strove upon the great sea. And four beasts came up from the sea, diverse one from another. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked and was lifted up from the earth and made stand upon the feet as a man, and a man's heart was given it. And behold, another beast, a second, like a bear. It was raised up itself on one side, and it had three ribs in in the mouth of it between the teeth of it. And they said, thus unto it, arrive, devour much flesh. And this I beheld, and lo, another, like a leopard, which had upon its back, back of it four wings of a fowl, And the beast also had four heads, and dominion was given to it. And after this I saw in night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, and exceedingly strong. 
and it had great iron teeth, and it devoured and broke in pieces, and stamped the residue with the feet of it, and it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. And I considered the ten the horns, and behold, there came up among them another little horn, before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking great things. And I beheld till thrones were cast down, and the Ancient of Days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head was like pure wool. And his throne was like a fiery flame, and his wheels as burning fire. And a fiery stream issued and came forth from before him, and thousands of thousands ministered unto him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. And judgment was set, and the books were opened. And I beheld then because of the great voice, of the voice of the great words which the horn spake. And I beheld even till the beast was slain, and his body destroyed and given to the burning flame. As concerning the rest of the beasts, they had their dominion taken away, and their lives were prolonged for a season and time. I saw in the night visions, behold, one like the Son of Man came with clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. And there was given him dominion and glory, and the kingdom and that all people and nations and languages should serve him. And his dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. Mystified by the revelation. If you're a bit mystified and confused by these passages, you're feeling exactly as Daniel felt. He says, I, Daniel was grieved in my spirit in the midst of my body, and the visions of my head troubled me. I came near unto one of them that stood by and asked of him the truth of this. So he told me and made me know the interpretation of the things. But Daniel was still in dark about some aspects of the vision. Hitherto is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, the cogitations much troubled me, and my countenance changed in me, but I kept the matter in my heart. Our understanding is improved because of fulfilled prophecy. In Scripture, we have the complete revelations and fulfillment of the prophecy of which was only future for Daniel, and he did not understand. The general interpretation of the earthly scene, the four great beasts, or the four great kings, which shall arise out of the earth. Daniel saw them each as an individual animal coming out of the sea. He asked the angel, each of these animals stands for a king and kingdom. The fourth beast shall be the fourth beast upon this kingdom. So the king and kingdoms were used interchangeably in the chapter. The kingdom is presented in the form of an outstanding king of that kingdom. No matter how long the kingdom lasts or how many kings ruled over it, 
Daniel had previously received a message very much like this one. He understood what the first three kings were, the general interpretation of the heavenly scene. But the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever and ever and ever. Daniel was interested in this fourth beast, which was diverse from the others, exceedingly dreadful, whose teeth were of iron and his nails of brass, which devoured, break in pieces, and stamped the residue with his feet. The angel told Daniel exactly what the beast represented. We'll look at this later. We'll spend time, the remainder of our time on the general interpretation. Let's look again at chapter 2. Chapter 7 cannot be understood without referencing back to chapter 2. We won't take the time to reread chapter 2, but if you remember the story of Nebuchadnezzar's dream, a head of gold, arms of silver, belly and thighs of brass, legs of iron, feet of iron and clay. The image represented history's four great kingdoms. We concluded that the gold represented Babylon, and the breast and arms of silver represented the media Persian Empire. The belly and thighs of brass were Greek, and the irons, the legs of iron and the feet of iron and clay were the Roman. From God's viewpoint and man's viewpoint, in chapter 2, Daniel describes the world as men view them. Men are always proud of their accomplishments. They think they are the architects of their kingdoms like most rulers. But God has a far different perspective. God sees nations at war fighting for dominance. They don't remind him of the great image, but of ravenous beasts. Men see them as an image. God sees them as ravenous beasts. In chapter 2, the image is ultimately destroyed by a great stone cut out of a mountain without hands. We will discover that this stone was Jesus Christ. Chapter 7 describes not a stone, but a lovely person of Jesus riding in majesty upon the earth. He takes this wild, indescribable beast and slays him. So chapter 2 opens the understanding of chapter 7. Now let's look at the passages that give understanding of chapter 7. The great sea symbol is found in Revelations chapter 17, verse 15. The waters which thou sawest were the where the horse sitteth are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. That great sea is now understood as people and the, uh, the place that the people inhabit. There is a body of water associated with Israel. They have never inhabited all the land surrounding this bottom body of water, but someday they will. In Numbers 32, thir, excuse me, 34 describes the borders of Israel, verses 6 and 7. And as thy western border, you shall even have the great sea for a border, and this shall be your west border. And this will be your north border from the great sea. You shall point out for you Mount Hor. 
Notice the great sea. If you look at a map of Israel, you will find on its western front is the Mediterranean. The great sea of Daniel 7 is the Mediterranean. And the word Mediterranean actually means midst of the earth. Every nation that came from the image either bordered the Mediterranean or had control of it. All of the activity centers in the Middle East. Damn it, Daniel spoke prophetically. History has verified Daniel's vision. Some of it is yet to be fulfilled. We can be sure that in that most of it has been authenticated. Our interest in the world news, we should be focused on what is occurring in the Middle East. While we try to relate prophecy to any other part of the world, we are apt to come to the wrong conclusions. We need to be perplexed about the future. We need not be perplexed by the future of the world. We should watch events as they unfold in prophetic fulfillment in God's Word. Daniel chapter 7, verse 2. And Daniel spake and said, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of the heaven strolled upon the great sea. The four winds of heaven stirred up the great sea. Let's consider the symbolisms. There are four winds, the north wind, the south wind, the east wind, and the west wind. It is talking, it's, is it talking about a physical storm or is it talking about something, the winds, the winds stand for something else? When you have time, look at Revelations chapter 7. You will find four winds about to blow on the earth. But the angel held them back until the servants of God were sealed. These four winds brought severe judgment upon the earth. The winds of Revelation 7 are not physical winds. There were winds brought that brought judgment upon the earth. If they are not literal winds in Revelation 7, it's a good gamble that they're not physical winds or literal winds in Daniel 7. If they are not literal winds, we are anxious to know what they were. To find out, let's turn to Zechariah 6. Zechariah was one of the minor prophets, not minor in respect to validity, but only minor in respect to the volume of the book. The prophecies of Zechariah mainly reference the Messiah and his return to earth. The kingdoms of earth will become the kingdoms of our Lord and his Christ. He points to the day that Israel when they will dwell in security in their own land. Chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. And I, and I turned and lifted up mine eyes and, and, and looked and beheld. There came four chariots out from between the mountains, and the mountains were mountains of brass. And in the first chariot was a red horse, and in the second chariot a black horse, and the third chariot a white horse, and in the fourth chariot gristled and bay horses. The four chariots were four different colored horses. Then I answered and said unto the angel that talked with me, What are these, my Lord? And the angel answered and said unto me, These are the four spirits of heaven, which go forth from standing before the Lord of all the earth. The black horse, which are therein, go forth into the north country, and the white horse goeth forth unto them, and the grizzled 
go forth toward the south country. And the bay went forth and sought to go, that they might go to and fro through the earth. And he said, Go ye hence and walk to and fro through the earth. So they walked to and fro through the earth. Then cried he upon me and spake unto me, saying, Behold, these that goeth forth toward the north country have quieted my spirit in the north spirit. The four chariots were drawn from four different colored horses that had something to do with the unrest among the nations of the world. Verse 5, And the angel answered and said unto me, These are the four spirits of heaven which go forth from standing before the Lord of all the earth. Circle in your minds the word spirit. The word translated here in Zechariah, spirit, is the same word translated in the book of Daniel, winds. This suggests that the four winds which strove on the Mediterranean Sea were not natural winds. They were spirits sent by God to stir up the nations that surrounded the Mediterranean. The unrest in the Middle East is the stirring of these four winds of God. Psalms 104 can verify this. Psalms 104, verse 4, who maketh his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. As the psalmist describes the creative work, he says, his ministers are a flaming fire. Look at the word spirits. It's the same word used as winds in the book of Daniel. Were the angels evil or righteous spirits? I don't know that we can answer that question. In Revelation, there are evil and righteous spirits who went stirring up the nations of the world. The symbol of the Babylonian Empire. The remainder of the portion of this vision does not need a great bit of explanation. Follow your Bible as we point out some of the information available. Daniel 7, 4, the first was like a lion and had eagle's wings, and I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked, and it was lifted up from the earth and made to stand upon the feet as a man, and a man's heart was given to it. Daniel had no trouble interpreting this. The angel gave the interpretation of the entire vision, but he did not explain the things reported in chapter 2. We have the things reported in chapter 2. The head of gold was Babylon, the symbol of the lion in chapter 7 that had a lion with eagle's wings. Outside the palace of Nineveh was a great statue of a lion with eagle's wings and with a face of a man. Daniel had seen this all of his life. And then we look at Nebuchadnezzar's removal and restoration. The lion had its wings plucked. He had witnessed this with his own eyes. He had warned Nebuchadnezzar of the danger of his pride. Nebuchadnezzar stood in his window and looked at what he thought represented a kingdom that he was responsible for. His sanity was taken from him and turned out to pasture to live as a beast. Daniel noticed that the beast was lifted from the earth and made to stand on its feet as a man. He understood that this 
represented in Nebuchadnezzar's restoration. The heart of a man was Nebuchadnezzar's declaration that all the, the glory of his kingdom and nation empire belonged to God. The second beast was like a bear. Daniel understood this as well. This was the Persian empire that took the place of Babylon. If you are familiar with the history of the Persians, they were not known for their skill, but for their brute and awesome force of power. They made war against Greece. History says that their army numbered two and a half million men. They had great military machines like battering rams and things that had been unknown to military warfare until that time. We can understand the prophecy through the study of history. We read in verse 5 that the bear raised itself up on one side. It became lopsided so that one shoulder was higher than the other. We see that in history when the Persian Empire, part of the empire raised itself above the other. And instead of being on an equal basis, the Persian Empire became supreme over the Median Empire. Then we find the bear had three ribs in its mouth. I'm sure that Daniel had no idea what these three ribs represented. That's why he was troubled. By knowing history, we know that the three ribs represents when Persia formed an alliance with Lydia, Babylon, and Egypt. These three nations, through an alliance, tried to stave off conquest by Persia. They failed, and the Persian bear devoured these three nations. This fulfills the statement, devour much flesh. The symbol of the Grecian Empire is found in verse 6. And this I beheld, and lo, another like a leopard, which upon the back of its four wings of a fowl, the beast also had four heads, and, had to be, and dominion was given it. The leopard isn't as formidable as a bear. It had a belly and thighs of brass, which were inferior to silver. You will notice as the empires advance, they represented by increasingly inferior metals. This points to the fact that there is a degradation as the time of the Gentiles progresses. An inferior kingdom takes control of the superior. This witnesses... This bears witness that God can set up whom he will. The leopard is known for its swiftness. Alexander was still young when he conquered the known world. History states that he wept in his tents because there were no new worlds to conquer. When Alexander entered Palestine, the Levites met him with the book of Daniel in their hands before he got to the city. They did obeyance before him and read from him Daniel chapter 7. They pointed out the passages that referenced him. He was flattered, so flattered that he allowed them to live in their own land and carry on their own worship in that land. You can try to explain away Scripture. Those who live closer to it than this generation had no problem believing it. Alexander died an early death because of his drunken debauchery. 
his empire was divided among four generals and seen in the maps as the nation of Egypt, Syria, Macedonia, and Asia Minor. There is only one kingdom yet to come, and that will occur in the end time. For more information about Tabernacle of Praise, look us up online at tabernaclepraise.org. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with our Facebook page. We also have a free app that you can use to keep up with events or be notified of bad weather, and you can listen to our sermons directly from the app. Thank you for listening, and have a blessed day.